Hello and welcome to the Amateur Football Podcast. Wow, what an honour, what an honour. Dave Zuguri. Hopefully I've got the your like surname correct. Yes, sir. That's so good. Dave Zuguri. <laughs> and let me say, a.k.a. Drogba. <laughs> <laughs> this guy doesn't only look like Drogba, but he plays like Drogba as well. So I, I don't know if I look like Drogba or I play like Drogba, but then you call me like that, like everybody else. And I took it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, how are you doing today? I'm very good. Very good. Very good to be with you, bro. Very good to be here in this podcast. So, yeah. Um, why is it really important for men over 35 to continue or to begin to exercise? I think... It's very important to for men in any type of years to carry on doing sports. That's for sure. That's let me emphasize this. Let me let me be clear on this. I don't think only over 35, but from the get-go. Now, definitely over 35 and more, you have to kind of uh, keep a certain uh, balance in terms of your fitness, in terms of uh, if I may say routine. And um, I think we tend to uh, to think, and you know what I'm talking about, to think um, because we've done a lot of sports, we play football or, or any other sport, then we still fit or it's easy for us to be back in sport or to, to do our fitness. But uh, we get um, injured very easier than, than in the past, I believe. And I think uh, for your muscle, for your joint, for your ligaments, for your health and for your mind, it's very important to carry on, to have a little bit of routine, one or two days um, of sports per week would be perfect. Some people do more, some people do even less, but I think two times a week should be definitely ideal for your body, for, to, for you to, to feel even better. And even when you go to work or you're carrying your, you're carrying your kids or, or whatever, you definitely uh, um, have to, to, to feel good. And to feel good is carry on doing sports. You've got like a lot of passions and a lot of love for football, for your family and also for boxing as well. And, you know, I would like love to know why you think boxing is like, you know, one of the perfect sports for men. I think boxing is uh, obviously we've done football. I've played with you. Um, I've done my, uh, you know, my time still playing. But uh, boxing is definitely different. It's a different type of sport, different type of energy, different type of uh, muscles that you use. And uh, I still remember the first time I, I go into it uh, more than I, I used to. And I was like, this is crazy. My stamina is definitely get, getting into pieces with that sport compared to football. Not saying that football I'm not exhausted or is not tiring or, or whatever. No, but in a short amount of time in boxing, I do feel like every single piece of my body is working. So I believe it, it gets you, um, gets your abs much more involved. Obviously, your arms and your legs, you know, it doesn't matter if you do like, a, you know, um, American boxing or kickboxing or French boxing or whatever, you're, you feel like your body's definitely getting into, a, into the work. So... Um, as a coach now, this is my career now. So as a coach, I definitely, uh, you know, train my clients into boxing because I know in terms of sweat, in terms of like, uh, if I may use the word exhaustion, it's definitely good in a short amount of time. You and I are, you know, very similar in age. I am like maybe two or three years older, older yeah. than um, 
than you, but you're in perfect shape, absolutely perfect shape. And and um, you like talk a lot about diet and literally what foods you should be eating. I would love to know on a selfish point of view, what foods yeah. uh, a man over 35 should not be eating. You've got to pay me for that, man. I'm a coach. You've got to pay me for that if you want a plan. I'll give you a plan. It's not free. It's not free. Life is not free, mate. No, um, I think, uh, I don't know if I'm, if I'm in a perfect shape, but uh, I'm trying my best to kind of keep on going and to work on myself. I've always, I'm, I'm always learning definitely on myself. So uh, um, I'm working towards having a great shape, that's for sure. Uh, but... Uh, not in perfect shape. No one's perfect anyway, and I've never been perfect shape. And I'm, and I'm the kind of coach as well, to be honest with you, that says, uh, you know, that says quite often, do what I say, don't do what I do, which is not a good example. I'm not going to lie, I'm, but I'm not perfect in that sense as well. So, in terms of diet now, uh, I think uh, I've reduced. Or I'm trying to reduce the saturated fats and uh, all the transformed food. We don't realize, but um, we get easily into habit of having snacks or having this and that. I'm trying to sort of like not eat much in between meals and stay focused into my meals. Uh, now, uh, I'll be honest as well, I, uh, I don't follow a very strict plan now because my past, I don't have a, a past of, a, of an overweight person. So I don't uh, uh, tend to look into it so much for me if that makes sense yeah. um and now in terms of like my body type you know you've got uh, different body type mesomorph like ectomorph endomorph meaning like people tend to get uh, um, uh, bigger easier or skinnier or more muscular very easy so i'm more that type uh, more muscular easier you know so i work a bit then it's probably the genes the roots and the history of sports that I've done in my life. And now I'd suggest definitely to kind of like try to uh, eat when you want to eat, when you're actually hungry and not like, oh, it's seven, I've got to eat a proper meal and all that. You have to reduce as well if you're somebody that eats a lot to reduce if it's not like, if it's too rich. So, um, and um, this is me now. I'm, I've reduced, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm eating meats. Definitely, I'm not. I haven't stopped eating meats. I think I don't. I'm not looking into replacing meats in my diet. Definitely not. But uh, what's for sure is I'm not eating as much meat as I used to, as well in the past. You know, so for me, it's, uh, it's not like because I don't have any. I, I do. I don't have any meats that I'm not going to enjoy my meal. You know, so if I can skip a little bit or eating two fish, two fish a week, uh, that'd be good. You know, so find the right balance. It's easy to say like that. It doesn't maybe make sense to you or to somebody that that be watching that, just saying this like that. But you've got to find the right balance each day, different type of energy that you'll use and different type of energy that you will need, you know, in terms of nutrients and all that. So, yeah, long story short, reduce the saturated fats. Don't eat much in between meals. Uh, drink a lot. You want to you wanna, you wanna eat some snacks and stuff like that? drink my uh my uh i'd say my little trick and uh, you know in france we have syrups mm -hmm. you've got like we call that grenadine we call that strawberry syrup and all that or, or lemon and, and everything 
you don't have quite that in, in, in London, but there's other different things. And I do take a bottle of water, let's say, full bottle of water, putting a bit of syrup, and I always have that bottle of water because sometimes we don't want to drink much water. But with this, every time I'm hungry, bam, I'm drinking this, a bit of sugar in there, so I feel better and I can carry on in my day. What's that been the most challenging thing that you've had to uh, face in your life journey so far? Well, 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 I think it's pretty straightforward. The first thing that comes to my mind, which is obviously normal, is the, the passing of my mother. And at that time, which was now nine years ago, um, we were playing together still at that time. And uh, we played for Norton Cool Club. And it was it was so brutal, so sudden, you know, that I um my um I felt like in a into a washing machine whirlpool, bam, 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 bam. So the challenge was to understand what was grieving, to understand how to deal with the pain, to understand how to overcome that and to keep on going and to remain the same person that, uh, I'm talking for me, the same person that my mother used to know, her kid, the way she raised me well, if I may. So I had to, to fight back to life, to be able to kind of carry on and do all the things that I know, all the things that I love, all the things that, you know, I wish to be. So to be back in football, to be back working, to be back doing what I do, you know, it was the most challenging part. It was, it was my biggest match to kind of like realize that, uh, you know, in the horizon, there's still life and life will shine. And you cannot stop just... Uh, to the pain and to remain into the sorrow, the sadness, all that, you kind of have to, you can't dwell on it. You can't dwell on it. You've got to move on, no matter what. You know, I hear people say like, oh, I don't know how you did, how I couldn't. You will. You will. Because that's life. You've got to move on. You've got to move on. We don't want to, we don't want to lose anybody. But that's life. We're not here forever. So, once you kind of, you know, give time to yourself to understand that this is, this should happen. Whether it's now, five years, 10 years, we're never ready for that. We never, and then we won't. But that's life, you know. So this was my most challenging part in my life, definitely. And uh, I, uh, that, made me a, that made me a man, 100%. 100%. I was a young boy. I was, I was a young lad. And I think I became a man, not during the grieving, but once my heart's time to heal, once, uh, you know, my heart's time to dry, that's where I became a man because I knew now I could overcome anything in life, anything. So, yes, that was my most challenging uh, moment in my life. How hard was it for you in the first couple of months? Because um, again, yeah, we were we were playing, t- you know, together when when you kind of told myself and and some other parts of the senior team and management. Yeah. Well, um, I think um, 
for the, you know, I don't say it much often, I'll be honest, but uh, first of all, I'm not crying. I'll just, you know, it's not here. But uh, uh, I think for the first time in my life, because I think I was into as well, with my ex, I had issues and stuff like that. So it was not a, a very good period at all. But um, I think for the first time in my life, I could understand the people, the depressed people, if I may say. I couldn't understand depression. And I couldn't understand people uh, feeling, it's weird to say it like that. For me, it's even weird to say it out loud. Like I feel ashamed to say it. I, should, I shouldn't feel ashamed to say it at all. But, uh, I, you know, I, for the first time in my life, I understood why people commit suicide because they're so down it's like they crushed it's like they crushed it's like they're destroyed from inside and they don't know what the future will will hold so for the first time in my life i remember a moment when i had a, i wasn't i wasn't doing this crisis this crisis to to deal with everything and had issues as well in my personal life and for the first time in my life i was like Jesus Christ, I understand people feeling depressed and why they want to, to end. They want to stop. They don't want to feel the pain no more. And that's exactly the moment I was, you know, you know, I took a step back and I was like, Lord, help me. I don't want to be somebody like that. I don't want to become somebody like that because I wasn't. So I have to, you know, to go through the storm. Let me be smacked by the storm. But after the storm, I'm gonna see the I'm gonna see the sun, I'm gonna see the, the the blue sky, different things. So I have to go through the storm. So football, sports, football helped me big time. It helped me at that time to kind of like get over that. It helped me at that time to to realize that I'm not by myself. And I still remember I had a card by you lot. I had uh, words by you lot. I had hugs by you lot. And the friendship, the brotherhood helped me to go through, you know, the friends that I have back home in France when I was in, in still in London, the friends that I had in, in, in London. I don't even call you and other people friends. I call brothers. Because this is exactly the way you have to get through life. This is exactly the way you have to understand. You need to understand that you're not alone. You need to understand that just a minimum of help is a big help. And you can't be by yourself, whether that's you have a disease, whether that's, a, you know, you, you're losing somebody, uh, whether that's, you know, you, you, you're losing business or whatever. You have to share because you never know who's going to help you. And that's where I realized that it will be okay. Not okay as I was okay before. Another type of okay. At some point I was thinking I'll never be happy with the big word, the big H. Happy. No, I'll be okay. But uh, it's okay to feel like that. You just have to understand life moves on. And you too. So that's, you know, that's from one thing to another, I try to deal with that, and I try to get rid of those uh, thoughts. I'm still uh, 
aware, I had those thoughts. I'm still, you know, um, not going to say proud of it. It's not the word, but I take respons responsibility for feeling the way I felt. But I know as well, it was normal. So, you know, I move on. And it's, uh, it's crazy to say, but today, when I say today, I mean, a few years ago, a few years after my mom, I lost my dad as well. So the guy, the young lad that was, would never comprehend, would never understand how to live, deal with this situation. But the first situation finally helped me to go through the next one mm -hmm. without exactly the same sort of like, uh, the same feelings, the same, uh, the same attitude. It was tough. It was down. So I had two now, two most horrendous moments in my life. But one helped me to go through the other ones. That's life. We're never ready. I was young, still young in a way, but uh, that's life, you know. So football helped me. Activities helped me. Projects helped me. So I know that I will be okay in a way. I will be okay in the future because at that time I didn't have any kids. I didn't have any proper wife, steady wife or whatever. But uh, it will be okay. I have, I have my life to live, you know. So that's, uh, that's pretty much that. We were speaking off air and I was trying to find an image for me that represents football. And um, I just want to show you because you have no idea what picture I'm going to put up. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you, if you can even remember this, but um, I'm going to bring it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm, now I'm, this picture is going to make me emotional, for sure. For sure. Of course, I remember. I feel, oh, geez. I feel like I remember like it was yesterday. This picture has, has you know, yeah. a lot of meaning. A lot of meaning. But but it, it is exactly what I say about brotherhood. Brotherhood is, you know, not feeling alone. Brotherhood is going to a battlefield because this is exactly at that time what I felt. We managed to, to win the championship that year. Yeah. And we fought every single match and it was right in this, in this period. You know, it was probably a few weeks after, a month after. And uh, had you and Michelle hugging me when I was crying after the game. We played and I just released all the tension. You know, we won that game, I think. And um, and yeah, it was it's a it, it's a lot. It's a lot for a young lad. Let's not lie, it's a lot. But uh, I didn't feel alone. Or I realized at that moment I was not alone. So this picture has a million of meaning for me, and I could definitely frame that picture. You make me want to frame that picture for sure, because. This is exactly what I felt at that moment. That I was not by I was not by myself. I was with you, I was with the others, and I knew I could go to war with others. Though things happen and we can't control. There's something that I've been one day I work uh, uh, for an advert and for actually a, a, not even an advert, what I'm saying, sorry, a, a sports documentary. It was called uh, for BBC, it was called The Importance of Sports Psychology. And I remember this uh, former champion, uh, rowing champion, said 
that, that speak to me to this day. He said, you can only control the controllables. And for me, this is exactly what it is. You can only control the controllables. Control what you can. And for the rest, don't worry. Whether you're, you're religious or not, don't worry. It'll be sorted by life. Control what you can. Work on that. But don't overthink about what you can't move. Because your input won't have any impact on that. This will impact you. Take it and see the glass half full, no matter what. So I'm trying my best to control myself, control what I can, and rest. Life decides. You just have to roll the dice and carry on. So that's pretty much that. And this picture, again, is something that I, you know, I am thankful. Thankful to my friends, thankful to my brothers, thankful to, thankful to those I've played with, thankful uh, to be involved in team. I think this is why sports people, let's say uh, team sports people, love is, you know, when you go to the excitement of a football training, because you're going to train with others, you're going to, full of banter, full of laughter, full of anger if, if that happens, full of energy, full of commitment, full of, you know, good vibe, good feeling. Thank you for sharing that picture. Thank you. Thank you for this, uh, for this memory. Thank you so much, Steve. I would love to know how your, how your family now has changed your outlook uh, on your life and your career. You know, I had one auntie, my aunt, Christine. When I lost my mother, she gave me a, a hug and a little tap on my shoulder. And she said, don't worry, my son. One day, you will have a kid, probably a, a, a daughter. You will give her your mom's name. Then you will move on. She'll be your life. And this as well, you know, struck me and then, you know, made me cry at the time and gave me an idea, gave me a reason, gave me a project to finally maybe one day have my family and to overcome fully. Let's call it the full circle, maybe. So when I had my son uh, two years ago, two years ago, my son is two and a half, uh, it was a mixed feeling <laughs> because my auntie, I always, like any boy, I always wanted to have a boy, yeah? And, uh, and then after losing my mother, then because my auntie said, I, I wanted to have a daughter, like you have. So when we went to the, to the echography, to the sky and all that, when I've been told I'm going to have a boy, I remember I had a, a, a nasty feeling. I had a sadness feeling, a sad feeling. And um, it took me 24 hours to realize the joy, the excitement, you know, that I'm going to have a baby, I'm going to have a boy. Because I was like, oh, I thought I'm going to have a girl and I'm going to give her my mom's name. But I had a boy, okay. And then after that, I was like, Jesus, this is brilliant, this life. When I had my boy, I've never cried that much since my dad and my mother. So there is three times in my life that shocked me big time. My mom passing, my dad's passing, 
and the birth of my son. I had this feeling of, of joy and sadness. Sadness because my parents were not there and joy because they're living in him, through him, through me, through him, whatever. So my family now, my girlfriend, a boy, oh, my family, they're my parents. They're my parents, they're my, they're my brothers, they're my sisters, they're, my, you know, they're, they're everything, they're my dads, they're my moms. So they help me to go through things on a daily basis to have projects and not to look behind with sadness. I can look behind. It's okay to look behind. I don't have to not look behind. It's okay to look behind, but not with sorrow and sadness. You have to be thankful for even what you had. You know, so my family helped me big time to move forward in any project now. And, you know, long may continue. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And uh, and like, what's that been the biggest takeaway from your football career? Well, um, I had a lot of hiccups in my football career, a lot of uh, uh, difficulties, and it wasn't the way I wanted. I went... Uh, in UK uh, to, uh, who knows, to be professional. It didn't work out the way I wanted. I got scared uh, because I was not confident enough, let's be honest, to be in a country that I didn't know and to speak a language that I didn't, uh, I didn't have. I couldn't speak English. Not that I'm talking English perfectly at all, but I couldn't wow. talk English whatsoever. Wow. You know? <laughs> but uh, it's true that I wish... It could have been better, but, you know, again, I'm not looking behind with sadness. I'm so proud of, you know, he would, he, without all this trajectory, this journey, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met a lot of people that, you know, that I respect and I appreciate and that helped me to go through life. So when I look at my career, my football career, I had enjoyment, I had anger, I had sadness, I had tears, I had scream, I had injuries, broke things, I broke ribs, I broke ankles, I broke whatever. But uh, this excitement, the competition, the adrenalines and stuff like that, oh, pushed me so much to go forward and to move forward. Um, so I take a lot from that. I'm proud of what I've done. I wish in a way I could have done better, I would have done better, but you know, with a lot of Eve and everything, who knows? But what's for sure is I don't regret nothing. I don't regret nothing. I, I, I've done so much in a way that helped me to meet and to do things, to win trophies. You know, what's up? I, I don't need to be, you know, I thought it was just what I wanted to do and to be a, pro football, a professional football player. I was semi-professional football player. And uh, I've tried to do even better. If it didn't work, I was maybe not good enough and that's it. But uh, at the end of the day, you've got your luck. It's so many, you know, so many things to, to work out, to be able to be professional or whatever. So you just have to take things and then to realize what you managed to do from where I came and what I've done in another country, another language. So I'm proud of that, definitely. You and, and the others made me love what is uh, 
football, but grassroots football even, and all that. You know, just uh, just the passion, the dedication, the commitment. You are a tough player, for example, and you bloody taught me how to be resilient on the pitch and the commitment, and then as well to be true, to be real. So you said to me, thank you because I'm real, but I thank you because you're real and you've been always kind and real to me. And then this is exactly what I call brotherhood. This is exactly what I call brother. This is what, what I, call, I also say big bro, though we're not, I'm not that young, but still you're my big bro. Sorry, I'm a baby. <laughs> next to you. Sorry. Sorry, I am sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I am. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Sorry, I don't want to make you feel old, but sorry. I'm still a baby. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what I'm calling, that's what I'm calling brotherhood and, and you know, learning and then be respectful and then taking, taking, taking. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, this is the way my, uh, uh, my mom and my dad, in his way, raised me to be, you know, kind of respectful with, uh, with the eldest or with the brothers or with the people that you meet because you never know who's going to help you. You never know who's going to teach you. You never know who's going to give you something that will help you in your life on the pitch or in life. And football is life. The commitment, the game, playing chess on the pitch, all this is teaching you a lot into how to kind of, um, you know, comprehend, to kind of uh, understand, to kind of anticipate things in life as well. You know, the way you fall on the pitch is maybe metaphorical, or, you know, but the, the way you, you've got to learn how to fall on the pitch is exactly the same way you've got to learn how to fall in life and how to get back, you know, to get back to it, to get back up and to keep on going. So, you know, it's a bit of an analogy, but I think it's for me, it's, it, it did help me in a way all this so definitely it was a great pleasure to be in london to be in england to be in uk to meet so many people that I've met to fight so many battles that i fought and you know to have all those things so i've gained a lot as well and i'm glad and i'm thankful for you to to i was about to recognize uh, my impact in the team because this is exactly what I wanted and what I needed at that time, and I want to still need in a way. So, so thanks to you, brother. Thank you so much. And and like sorry, and sorry for mentioning, of course, PSG lost against Newcastle. Oh bloody hell. okay. See you later, bro. <laughs> See you later. Oh bloody hell. We, everything everything was cool. Everything was smooth. Everything in that podcast was perfect, and you had to get I'm into sorry, it. Bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, bloody hell, bro. Putain. I gotta mention it for that like, the Jordy fans, bro. I have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, I was watching the game. I was like, I don't even get what is going on. Who does that? I'm not gonna <laughs> go into detail, but who's playing with four bloody strikers? What do you expect if you play with a lot of strikers? Then you can't defend. If you can't defend, then you're gonna get battered. <laughs> Obviously, they were, they, 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 you know Newcastle was waiting for us. We got dismantled. We got dismantled. No, fair and square. Okay, maybe you had a handball or whatever, but I'm I'm real. 
parents quoi. <laughs> it doesn't matter for me the hand or whatever. We made mistake. We didn't score goals when Dembélé could have played still two hours, <laughs> two more hours. He won't go in. He was making mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. But that's football. Mm-hmm. One day, one game on, the next game. And Mbappé was like, it felt like he was like, you know what, today, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not taking <laughs> I'm not taking responsibilities today. Oh. I've got the team on my back and my back is sore. So you know what? You're going to play, guys. I'm just going to be on the side. I'm watching the project. It's you now. And unfortunately, when you count on somebody calling Zaya Emery, the block is not even an adult yet. Mm-hmm. And he's in the center of the park. And he has been the best player. That says a lot. That means like there's an issue. Nobody can take much more responsibilities to be, you know. But anyway, that was the 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 the, the idea of the manager because that works against Marseille. So he, he said to himself, let me play with four strikers up front. Let me put two defensive midfielder. Let's see what they're going to do. Boom, let's wow. go, guys. I'm so we, sorry. We, you know, no, no, but it's painful. But thank you. Thank you. You spoiled my day now. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm joking, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But that's Paris. That's Paris. If we didn't manage to do this with Messi and Neymar, what do we need in team? We need God as a football player. So, so you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, thank you so much for, for like watching. Please like, subscribe, and I'll see you guys next week. I'm so sorry, Drogba. I'm so sorry. Ha, 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 ha.